Seeking Plum, and today we're going to get down and dirty. I've done my very best to stay away from politics on this channel and religion. But hey, it's my channel and you can listen or not. Last night a man shot people from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay. It was a concert of some sort, I don't remember the name. The numbers of wounded and those who have passed are climbing. He had something like 10 guns with him, and he turned one of them on himself when he was done. As things stand at this very moment, we don't know why he did it. ISIS is taking claim, but they've done this before when it's not been true. Again, with limited information uh, from his significant other and his family members, there seems to be no uh, hint or rhyme or reason that there's any indication that he had ties to ISIS. As for the real reason, we don't know. But of course, we now have discussion about guns. I'm, uh, I'm a bit wound up emotionally about this. I'm angry and I have tears often streaming down my cheeks. Most of you don't know, but I spend six weeks in Vegas every summer. I think this summer was uh, my ninth year. Oh, sorry, make that ten. Wrapping up my summer in 2016 was a bit traumatic, you could say. Going home to Canada, uh, I did not realize how stressed and anxious I had been in the States. I got off the plane and into my friend's car and suddenly started crying because I didn't have to worry about the possibility of someone pulling a gun out. The idea of returning to the States had me extremely anxious. And the U.S. is my home. It's where I was born. The summer of 2017 came and went without incident. Of course, anxiety is sometimes just the worst in our imagination. But I have attachments to Vegas, is my point. I still don't know yet if there, are, if there were any people I knew that were wounded or died in that mass shooting even if they were just acquaintances. When you see their names come up, and even they list states from all over the country and even from here in Canada, and who knows where else they're going to come up from, you're reminded that this is not just a local incident happening in Vegas. Vegas draws people from all over the world. This mass shooting affected all of us. When I see their names, and their faces, pictures of their families. I hear about what they did for work, the personalities that their families describe. I want to ask Congress, what's it going to take? Obviously numbers aren't enough, stories and tears aren't enough, anger and marches aren't enough. Is it the money? Is it the money from the NRA? And, it, and if it's the money, if we raise money, if the citizens who hire you, who vote for you. If we raised enough money, would you finally, finally listen to what we want? Would our lives finally matter? Which leads me into the topic of guns. First and foremost, there is never a good time for this topic. Opponents of gun control will rant and rave that it is insensitive to bring it up the day of or the day after. 
but people who have lost family members and who are grieving and angry about this are going to tell you that, that no time is too soon. Whether we wait days or weeks, that doesn't seem to matter either, because how many mass shootings have we had that are years old and nothing has changed? Is now a good time to address Sandy Hook or Columbine? Obviously not, right? Because we're still here and we've had now the largest U.S. mass shooting in recent history. Founder and editor-at-large of Vox.com put out some stats today. Per one million people, Canada has 5.1 homicides. Per one million people, the U.S. has 29.7 homicides. I make point of this because Canada still has guns. It's not that we've banned them. We have gun control. There is a difference. So whatever you hear about gun control being banning, those are not the same. I'll get into more of that later. Another study put out is that although the U.S. has 4.43% of the world's population, the civilian-owned guns in the U.S. are 42% of the civilian-owned guns in the world. That is a ridiculous percentage. So I'll just repeat that again. The U.S. has 4.43% of the population of the world, yet 42% of the civilian-owned guns of the world. The point is, is that we can do better. Bill O'Reilly said something in a blog post today that is so offensive. And he said, essentially, that what happened is the, quote, cost of freedom. That might be what you say, insensitively though it may be, about lives lost in war. When you have the U.S. go against another country when you are fighting for freedom. That is not what you say when another American goes against another American and randomly starts shooting them. That is not the cost of freedom. I don't care how you define it, how you define freedom. That is not, that's not the cost of freedom. Now, I'm not familiar with the band who was playing at the concert. I believe it's called the Josh Abbott Band. And the guitarist put out a tweet with a statement today. Here's what it said. I've been a proponent of the Second Amendment my entire life, until the events of last night. I cannot express how wrong I was. We actually have members of our crew with CHL licenses, which I believe is concealed hand weapon, uh, handgun licenses, and legal firearms on the bus. They were useless. We couldn't touch them for fear police might think that we were part of the massacre and shoot us. A small group, or one man, laid waste to a city with dedicated, fearless police officers desperately trying to help because of access to an insane amount of firepower. Enough is enough. Writing my parents and the love of my life a goodbye last night and a living will because I felt like I wasn't going to live through the night wasn't enough for me to realize that this is completely and totally out of hand. These rounds were powerful enough that my crew, guys just standing in a close proximity of a victim shot by this fucking coward received shrapnel wounds. We need gun control right now. My biggest regret is that I suddenly didn't realize it until my brothers on the road and myself were threatened by it. We are unbelievably fortunate to not be among the number of victims killed or seriously wounded by this maniac. That was Caleb Keeter. 
I think what he had to say were some powerful words. I want to get into the people not guns topic next. Personally, I find the argument per people not guns a bit simplistic. It's not an either or. No, gun control is not going to end the human condition of our turmoil or our stress or whatever it is that causes people to go out and and shoot or kill people. But gun control can constrain the limits of the destruction we can inflict. If you give more guns to people on both sides, the side of the attacker and the defender, it's only going to escalate the problem. More bullets flying, more destruction, more lives lost. I think that whether you are an advocate of guns and the Second Amendment or whether you are an advocate of gun control, we can all agree that we want more people to be able to live and be safe. That's the bottom line. If we implement gun control of some kind, will people find ways to destroy each other? No doubt. But should we do what we can to limit the loss of life? Uh, absolutely. If we care for our fellow humans, if we believe in the sanctity of life, then we need to not only address the mental and emotional uh, needs of a person, but we also need to constrain and limit the destruction that can be caused by those individuals who fall through the cracks. No plan is perfect. None. There is inevitably going to be somebody who falls through the cracks or hides something, an aspect of themselves, something they're struggling with. If they want to cause damage, it's going to happen. If they want to hide behind smiles, if they want to lie and say they aren't angry, that they haven't aligned with some extremist ideology, they're going to do it. But again, if we value human life, if we care for each other, especially if it's that's something that we say on a regular basis that we believe in, then we need to do everything we can on every front, not just one or the other, to make sure that we uphold that. Alan at Sentient Future and I were talking recently about empathy and words and whether we should pay attention to what somebody needs maybe over what they say. As much anger as we may have towards that shooter right now, he needed something. He may have been hiding it, but he needed something. Even if we had perfect uh, plans and programs set up so that he could receive what he needed, whether it was through his church or through mental health facility or, or friends and family and their support, whatever it was that he needed, even if every one of those was there for him, but it still didn't provide whatever it was he needed. If he had access to guns, as he does today or did yesterday, nothing was going to stop him. So it's not a one-prong problem. Yes, ideally, we want to address what people need. But it has to be a both scenario because addressing the mental and emotional needs of society or even just one person is, is not a short-term problem to address or a short-term concern. I don't like the word problem, but hopefully you understand what I mean. 
Sometimes that healing, that inner healing that's needed, can take decades or at least years. This man didn't just suddenly decide to go out and shoot people. He had something there that he was struggling with. What we can address today is the gun issue. What average citizen needs a semi-automatic or an automatic gun, let alone a silencer? What purpose do these serve the average citizen? It's not about protection. It's not. If the Second Amendment was really about having a weapon to protect yourself, then you would choose instead to have a means to protect instead of having a weapon. You heard the guitarist statement. He couldn't use his weapons for fear the police would mistake them for uh, participants in this mass shooting. In your home, wouldn't you rather have a means of protection rather than pull out a gun and shoot another human being? I mean, I, I know I would. I think this is a very complex issue, but I think out of the two prongs of this, that guns can be addressed first while we also address the mental and emotional needs of each other. I recently started creating show notes. If you're listening on Anchor, you will typically find them in the discussion portion of the first segment of the episode. If you're listening to the podcast, you can find them at medium.com forward slash at symbol seeking plum. This is where you'll find a brief description of the episode, as well as any information I may have mentioned, whether it's a book title, uh, some tweets, or uh, an article. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to let me know, whether that's in the discussion on Anchor or in the comments on Medium. Or you can always hit me up at Twitter. And that's also at Seeking Plum. As always, thanks for listening.